Welcome to Go Home Eat, a wrestling podcast. This is a tribute show to one Jay Briscoe who passed earlier this week. A lot of the IWC, I would say most of the IWC was hurt badly when they heard of the passing. I know that uh, my friend Jamil Davis and or also known as Jamil Steele and I kind of texted through the emotion and as we did that, I felt like I wanted to bring, he's contributed before, and I wanted to bring him in and go through who we both feel is a tremendous performer in the history of wrestling on different levels. His importance is there on different levels. And I mean, he just got through with some really spectacular things, and to go away so young, so quickly and unexpectedly any death is tragic but this hit weird and then the family was with him during the wreck and luckily we're hearing that the daughter's getting to use her extremities and all those things great we're going to tell you how to donate if you want to they're doing a good job of getting money to the family um jamil first and foremost business side of things how do people find you um hi everybody um jamil davis also known as jamal still when i do my rapping thing um and whatnot you can find me on all social media at jamal still j-a-m-a-l-s-t-e-e-l-e and um also i am an organizer and organizing manager for the state of florida for um, an excellent, awesome organization that's known as Black Voters Matter, um, which you can find them on all social media at Black, B-L-A-C-K, Voters, V-O-T-E-R-S, M-T-R, Black Voters, M-T-R. Um, donate as well, because, you know, all donations are great, and we don't turn no donations down. So, <laughs> you know, there's there's the things. There's... there's there's the money money portion out of the way. Welcome to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Here at Go Home Heat, our contributors focus on the stories and character arcs of the live action drama art form. An art form dating back to Zeus, featuring Lincoln and a bear and peeking with Robocop and Sting. In the words of Xavier Woods, the last form of theater in the round. And now, Go Home Heat. I think we should just, you know, get right to it. I... I, I was thrown and, you know, I just found out a, I just found out a couple of days ago that his birthday was literally in eight days, oh, like yeah. eight, eight days from, from the, the day of the accident. Yeah. He's going, um, his, it would have been his 35th birthday. And so, yeah, just, you know, an experience, a thing. I, I, I would dare say the Briscoes as a tag team are top five greatest tag teams of all time. Would you say um, that they are the greatest tag team to have never wrestled in WWE? Yes. I don't think there's yeah. any question, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like the only other tag team that, that that might rival that would be the the Motor City Machine Guns, but definitely the Briscoes. 
Absolutely, right. the risk of and, yeah. And obviously, we love or IWC loves the Bucks. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like there is a nip tuck as to personal preference as where you would put them with the Bucks because they're completely different performers. Yeah, because the Briscoes could do a lot of what the Bucks do as far as they could get on ladders and stuff. Obviously, they they weren't the gymnasts. But mm-hmm. they could tell stories similar to that, but they also had the very grounded, brutal style that yep. that was different. And personal preference for me, I mean, some of the greatest matches I've watched were this year with FTR. Mm-hmm. FTR trilogy is is one of the greatest wrestling is one of the greatest tag team wrestling trilogies. Of of all time, and 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 it's like none of this is being said because Jay is no longer with us. People were saying this long before the accident. Like those three matches solidify both teams as premier team, premier teams in wrestling. It's bittersweet that that's how the legacy of the Briscoes as a tag team. And like that's the bittersweet part of this scenario that they, that they won the third match. They won the titles back. They are the winningest tag team in ring of honor history. And that's how their legacy is cemented. Right. And that, and, I think that a lot of us would put that dog collar match they had with FTR up recently as a great test tag match, at least of this year. We had we all had it in our top five of the year. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know that it's not a top five tag match, period. And, yeah. and it's, it's bad when you get your flowers now, right? Mm-hmm. We should have been saying – and I think that luck – not luckily, but – the FTR matches did begin to bring the flowers to them prior to that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing here Shane Taylor giving tributes. I've, I've been tweeting a lot of these tributes out to all that. I, I did read an article by Oliver Lee Bateman uh, in a, for The Ringer, and it's, mm-hmm. it's glorious about – You can look it up if you'd like. It's glorious about Jay Briscoe and all of that. And as I read it, I began to think to myself, the Briscoes are just due to timing. And, and now I want to – why don't we stop real quick? Mm-hmm. I, I want to do this quickly before we get into in-ring legacy. A lot of us were frustrated at Warner Brothers' decision to – supposedly not let Tony Khan pay tribute as much as he would like to. Excalibur kind of had to say something going off the air. Uh, There were the armbands and all of that. We did get the WWE, which (laughs) I hate to say it, but Justin said it flat out. You can tell that Vince McMahon doesn't do daily operations with WWE anymore because we did get NXT Speaking of him, we did get WWE speaking 
of him on both their shows. We, yeah. you know, we are getting tributes galore. And he came through Ring of Honor at a time when he was wrestling the Steens and the and the you know, Genericos and the Tyler Blacks and all of that. Mm-hmm. As a young man, he made some statements that we believe, I, I believe, I think you believe as well, he would not have agreed with as an older man. Yes. And it's a tricky thing when we don't allow people to grow. He comes off of a farm from Delaware. He winds up in a scenario where a microphone is in front of him. He says things he hasn't been exposed to, I would assume. He has not been exposed to a lot of the world at that point. Mm-hmm. We learn more about statements were made, the LGBTQ community, the gay community, that mm-hmm. he did go to and try to get training on sensitivity. He did make statements. He did work with people in these communities to try and I don't know if right is wrong is the correct term, but those efforts were made. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for us to remember if we do our lives correctly, me and you and everyone else, if we do our lives correctly, we will become the person we should have been as a young man. Mm -hmm. That's a David Bowie misquote, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, let's, let's pivot all the way. Do you have anything you want to say about that? Or you want to pivot away? I think, I, I think for me, a, a, f- a few things should be addressed in that matter. Number one, he apologized for both for both comments mm-hmm. that he made. Both comments that he made stated that those stated that those comments while he wasn't making excuses for it. Those comments are a reflection of the character that he was the character that he was playing in Ring of Honor and in wrestling and not the man that he actually that, that he actually is donated his donate donated his entire salary that year that he made those apologies to an um to an LGBTQ affirming organization did a lot of training did a lot of training had a lot of conversations things of that nature and 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 so my thing is is that if you don't double down on the comments and instead you make a conscious effort to go about the changes that need to be made for you to be a a, a more holistic and complete person, I don't see why there shouldn't be an effort to acknowledge the change, acknowledge the growth, be welcoming to be welcoming to a person with such talent. There are many. There there are many members, um, a nice amount of members within the LGBTQ plus community who are wrestlers who have stated time and time again, "Hey, Jay, Brick, Jay Briscoe apologized and sincerely apologized. Was not put up to apologizing by the wrestling organization that he worked for. Did these things on his own." Did the other matters on his own? Why is he not being welcomed by 
Warner Brothers Discovery to come and be an employee of AEW that can be put on Warner Television as well as any of the pay-per-views that Warner that Warner sponsors because you know as we all know Bleacher Report is a is a Warner entity. Um so the issue the other issue that I have with that is you you literally have Dana White who has the World Slapping League which <laughs> directly follows AEW Dynamite. The, the the World Slapping League is sponsored by Dana White. Dana White makes appearances on the World Slapping League. And it's very ironic that he's a sponsor of the World Slapping League, considering the fact that he slapped his own wife. Um, it, it was filmed. We all know it happened. Mm-hmm. And he, he bothered to have a press conference in which he said, because he's the boss, he mm-hmm. gets to decide whether or not there's a penalty paid. And he said, this is, I mean, I listened to it, and this is what I took away from the press conference that he had. It was, if I were to suspend myself, I am punishing everyone else. The most hollow thing I have heard a person who has been, who's openly admitting they've done wrong. Mm -hmm. Such a thing. And to your point about, the, the Dana White thing and Warner Brothers all that they take money from China. They yes. take money from Saudi. Yes. These are not friends to these communities. Mm-mm. So what you are doing is you are putting a very nice frame and paint job on an engine that has issues. Severe, <laughs> severe issues. Correct. Okay. So let's I, let's get away from this and move mm-hmm. into the discussion of Jay. After I point out this, give, send, go is where you can donate to. It's created by Josh Wharton. Thank him for doing this. And you can um, donate, and this money will be received by Ashley Pugh, which is, you know, the family. And they had a goal of 200000 and they are at. which is wonderful. And if you have the opportunity and are able to donate to this cause, please do. Now, after reading the article we spoke about earlier, as I'm going through it, he starts telling the tale of how maybe his comments did hurt him when it came to getting into, say, a WWE or at least being invited more. The tryouts he did have with FCW, though, when you hear about them, the guy running the tryout did not even remember who they were. So I don't think the comments had anything to do with it. I think the ability pre-Hunter Hurst Helmsley <laughs> to understand what people bring to the table had something to do to it. Because it was, I forget the gentleman's name, I'm sorry, I'm trying to run off the top of my head, and John Laurinaitis were the two guys there sitting around watching. And they spaced it. You know, because say what you want, when these tryouts were happening, it wasn't canceled culture was not a thing. This is years and years and years prior to all of that. Right. Right. Now, I believe that the Briscoes were the first, I think their generation is the first generation where you could be great in the American IWC. 
and in American wrestling without going to WWE. Because prior to that, once, let me rephrase that, after Nitro dies, Mm -hmm. right? Because in order to be on everybody's TV, you needed, boom. But the Steens, the all these people, and then the rise of New Japan allowed the Briscoes to be in scenarios where you got to see them wrestle a lot. And then, of course, Twitter comes along and Facebook comes along and people start giving you clips of these matches and you begin to learn more and more about how great they can be. And ROH has these syndicated deals prior to Tony Khan buying them. And so what you have is a generation of people like the Briscoes and you didn't have to have the WWE machine to become great. You had to be great to become great. Go ahead. And and I think that's think that's what plays into um a Kevin Sane who becomes Kevin Owens, a Tyler Black who becomes Seth Rollins, a John Moxley who becomes Dean Ambrose, and then back to John Moxley, I think that plays into how they became successful. They became successful late. 2000s going into the 2010 era where we all were either borrowing tapes from each other or YouTube was really blowing up the spot when it came to putting this wrestling material on right. onto YouTube. I remember a friend of mine now lives who now lives in Japan but is, is from the States. I remember him sending me the match of the Briscoes versus Kevin Steen and El Generico for the the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. And then he sends me another match of before they premiered on the main roster as the Shield, an LCW match of Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, and then Liaki, who is now Roman Reigns, in a triple threat match for the LCW World for, for the LCW World Championship. And and it's like you watch these and you look at the progression of these people then and now. And it's like, yeah, like you can understand why we all were very invested in them at a time. We all were very invested in them at a time where we we at least how we feel they were able to give that hundred percent and they weren't being held back by the corporate structure of a WWE or or even in or even an AEW. I think I think AEW is a bit more loose than than WWE when it comes to in, in ring product. Um but they still have you and you can see it. They still have certain limitations right. in what can be done in the ring. Well, one um, interesting tidbit, right? When you're talking about watching a Ring of Honor match, and I, and I always said the great thing about Ring of Honor when you're training. Brian Danielson was huge in this movement, by the way. You know, I mean, what he was doing against Kenta and and you know uh, Omega and all that, and, and his body, Brian Danielson's body work is untouchable, but. One interesting tidbit is the WWE style, especially back then, if it wasn't a title match, you did not have kickouts on finishers. Yeah. 
the thing about ROH was you you know it, it was kind of a kick out thing. There was a lot of them, and you can roll your eyes at that, especially back then if you wanted to. But the offshoot of that style of thing is matches continued, and people were able. And it took a small picture that they were painting and allowed them to paint over a grander scale. It was more of a mural because they were getting an extra 15 minutes, an extra 30 minutes, you know, to wrestle because they were getting to kick out. You're getting multiple false finishes. And that allows for you to paint better because you just you have more time to do things. And. You know, and then as we learn more and more about New Japan, we start to really understand because they were, because ROH was somewhat of a mix between what New Japan does and what WWE does, right? Or, or an American style and a in a Japanese style. But right. one thing I feel like too is I don't want to pigeonhole the Jay Legacy as you know he's a multiple time ROH champion. Mm-hmm. You know, he beat Kevin Steen. Yes. He beat Adam he beat- Cole. These are tremendous performers. And, and the completeness of Jay as a wrestler, because he comes off the farm. And these are words I'm stealing from the Bateman article. The urban meets country Delaware verbiage. Mm-hmm. It was so unique to what you saw, and when I've been spending my whole week watching old promos, and the pro and his brother is so good, Mark is so good at the yes. one or two words in the background. You know, it just like he's running down MMA uh, MMA fighters because he's about to deal with Kyle O'Reilly, and in the background, the guy Mark says. Terry Funk doesn't wear Terry Funk never wore no mouth, mouthpiece, and boom, he just he takes that and he just runs with it, and you can feel the venom and disdain. Mm-hmm. It's not the mouthpiece; it's what that represents. Yeah, and, and how? Who, go ahead. And and that's who the Briscoes reminded me of. Like they were the they were the modern day they were the modern day iteration of what the Funks what what Terry Funk and his brother were. Like that's that that was the Briscoes. It's like smash mouth, no nonsense. We don't care what you think about us when we get in the ring. We thrive on being the villains, but right. we are the villains that have a moral code as to how we get the job done in the ring. Win, lose, draw. You will know I was here. Yeah. And I think there's a little bit, you know, their namesakes, the Briscoes, who they take the names from from the famous tag team, the Briscoes. And you're correct. I've never heard anybody mention that. If you kind of meet the middle ground between the athleticism and the smaller aspects of the Briscoes, and you join it with the brawling and the strength and the power and the great speaking of a Terry Funk, and you meet that in the middle, you do kind of have what Jay and Mark morph into. Yeah. And they really didn't morph. I mean, they kind of came out. Boom. You know what I mean? They were completely different than what you'd seen. You know, it changed in that, you know, one winds up with dreads and the other winds up with shredded pants. Mm -hmm. Um, Little things like that. They tweaked as they got older. But they were able to tell these stories. And Mark was so good on the stick and maybe even better in the ring. He's a little more athletic. You know, he was a high school all state football player and you know get yeah. some small town 
uh, college deal uh, offers, but that's not what he wants to do. Him and his brother got a, a spot where they wrestle in the backyard, and that's what they want to do. And it's not too hard yeah. for them to get to Chicago and get to ROH and begin. I, I don't want to minimize the path of the indie wrestler, but they're in there, and all of a sudden, they're not only are they in ROH, but they're in ROH at a time where the talent is crazy and he's having bangers with talent. When he does the promo with EC3 where he says, you want me to shake your hand? And he says, this hand shook Kevin Steen's hand. This hand took shook Tyler Black's hand. This hand uh-huh. took – come on, man. It was I so guess. fire. And that's one of 100,000 promos he did. They they were in they were in ROH as a formidable tag team during an era where you had you had Kevin Steen, you had El Generico, now Sami Zayn, you had Tyler Black, um, CM Punk, Colt Cabana, Samoa Joe, like oh. Nigel McGinnis, Jesus. like Jay Briscoe had matches, had yeah, you- world title matches against Samoa Joe and Nigel McGinnis. And you you rattled off. Think about the dearth of talent. You rattled off a ton of talent before you got to Nigel McGinnis. And mm-hmm. Seth Rollins, Tyler Black, Colby Lopez, whatever you want to call him, will tell mm-hmm. you when he was in when Seth was in ROH, Nigel McGinnis was the measuring stick. Yes. And that's crazy when you talk about it. Now, um, a couple of the matchups, if you want to start looking up some of these things, a couple of the matchups you can dive into. And I know you put on, you put out there 100 matches, right? The you, mm-hmm. uh, uh, An article with 100 matches in it that people can start to dive into. But I do yeah. think um, Motor City Machine Guns, their matches <sighs> with them. Kevin Steen and El Generico, as we know, Sammy, their mat- those matches, Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Hayes matches, his solo matches with Cole and Steen and Joe and Tomasa Champa, another name that can get lost in the sauce when you start talking of greatness. Um, are there are a couple you want to throw out there? Um, some of the matches that Jay actually had with his brother, like thank you, like m- matches that he had with Mark was what was amazing the the match that they had during the pandemic where they wrestled each other in the in in, in the ring in the ring next to the barn in the they, yard they right and they wind up fighting <laughs> on the truck and on the on the rv and everything and the yes. dad breaks it up mm-hmm. beautiful Jamil. <laughs> that was so good and all beautiful. of the promos from that okay <sighs> I don't know where it is, and if I if I find it, I will let people know, and I will mm-hmm. I will I will put it out there in the world. But I remember seeing a vignette they shot where they talked about why being chicken farmers made them the best tag team in the world, and they talked about how you break a chicken coop into yeah. four sections, and you get back to back, and you walk away from each other, and if you miss one dead chicken as you're cleaning it. Because you, you then you put them in a pile and you have to get them out of there. If you miss one dead chicken as you clean your quadrant of the building, that whole room has to be thrown away. 
because one dead chicken infects the entire coop. And then they get back to back in the other direction and they go in the other direction. And they talk about how, and it was so crazy because you don't think there's any way that promo works. And when it's over, there's two things you know for sure. Being a chicken farmer is hard as hell. And and absolutely, them boys are going to whip your ass because they know everything about one another. And when those two who's had each other's backs their entire lives turn and fight face to face, the stories were incredible. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the trilogy that Samoa Joe had with them where Joe keeps choosing a different tag team partner every time to go against them for the tag titles. And then, so the first one is AJ Styles. The second one is Brian Danielson. The third one is Jerry Lynn. And then the one, and then the match with Jerry Lynn, if you don't win this match, you never get another tag team title shot as long as we hold the belts. But that trilogy, the trilogy of matches um, was amazing. I think the one with AJ Styles is like the, the, the best out of all three of them. Um, but to me, the, 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 the series of promos that they do leading up to eventually being able to wrestle FTR for the first time. You look, you look at these promos and you're like, okay, well, this is nice. You know, like this is this is like a social media thing. Yeah, these matches are never gonna happen because they're literally in two different, um, they're in two different companies, and these companies, while they kind of have a working relationship, don't really have a working relationship because at the time FTR was still was in AEW, and they were still in Ring of Honor, but Ring of Honor had not bought my tongue yet. And so it was just like, oh, this is nice, but these things are never gonna happen. And then literally at the 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 last Ring of Honor event under the um final battle. Final battle. And it was the final battle under the old regime before Tony bought it. Right. When the lights go out and then FCR's music hits, and you're like, oh, are we about to get this? Is this really finna? And then the lights come back on, and they're in electrify. Like everybody lost it. Like I was, I was sitting at home, and I was just like, "We're really finna get this." And I was in, I was in Jacksonville. I was in Jacksonville the day that Tony Khan announced in Daly's place during Dynamite that he bought Ring of Honor. And the moment he announced it, the first thought that was in my head was, oh, they finna give us the breakups, the Bristols versus FTR. Right. And they might give us the Bristols versus FTR on AEW television. Right. And that was before I, the whole Warner thing. Okay. I was just like, oh. Like, I was like, my tag team wrestling dreams are about to come true right now. Right. Like, I, I literally, I literally bought the, the first pay-per-view under the under the Tony Khan era, I bought it just for FTR versus the Briscoes. Nothing else. Like I, I care about no other match. I just want to, I want to watch I want to watch FTR versus the Briscoes. And if I never and, and so I know if I never do anything ever in 
my life before this year is over with, I have to meet Dax Hardwood because Dax is like, Dax is literally, I feel like the Dax that you get on television and in these interviews is literally the person that he really is in real life. And Dax, Dax feels like he, after all of this happened with Jay, Dax feels like he is indebted to Jay and Mark. Right. Because yeah. for, for last year, for 2022, he's indebted to Jay and Mark for 2022. I mean, we all and, are, right? Yeah. Uh, we really, like, we really all are. Just specifically for those three matches, they gave us three of the, three of the greatest matches that defines, in my opinion, what tag team wrestling should be for this era. Right. And in an era where gymnastics, athleticism, all of those mm-hmm. things seem to be the most important, what they did was kind of that, but more importantly, it brought you back to the brain busters, Arn and Tully. It brought yes. you back to the old NWA. You, you know, it's so the Heart Foundation. You know, mm-hmm. these 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 guys that could tell the tale with a headlock, but even more and even more and even more. And man, I love everything you just said right there. And I think I want to leave it on that. Thank you so much, Jamil, for being a part of this and helping me out. I hope hope we can do this some more every now and then. Folks, if you are one who prays, there's a family out there that could use it. I appreciate you, brother. Yeah, man. I appreciate you as well. Thank you again. Thank you. This has been a Go Home Heat production. Check out our friends at Game Project, DGINProject.com, and check out the Daily Smart. There is so much information there that you can have and go home.